computer. Okay, and we're live. All right, welcome to the show, folks. Uh, I am your host, Mother Goose, and uh, this is going to be the first of a several-part interview series that is stemming from a series of X Spaces in collaboration with my co-host, Sonny Haruna. He is not here tonight, but I do have the pleasure of interviewing an amazing guest. Now, just because this is the first one, I just want to clear up a couple things. Now, obviously, my name is not Mother Goose. This is an artist alias. I use that alias because we do live in a bit of a softcore totalitarian state where people are put in poverty and sometimes prison for their political opinions, memes, and refusing pharmaceutical products. So while I do love telling the truth, uh, I am Mother Goose because I do love eating food in my career. So until further notice, that's what we're going under. Now, um, I have an amazing guest tonight. Like I said, I have a gentleman by the name of Ryan Dawson. Um, Ryan is an American geopolitical analyst. He is based in Korea. He is the host of the Anti-Neocon Report, a graduate of the College of William & Mary, a recurring guest on RT and Press TV, which are Russian and Iranian television, respectively. He's also a uh, mixed martial arts instructor and a family man. So Ryan wears a lot of hats, and uh, we're very glad to have him here on the show. He has been one of the most consistent voices, and especially dissident voices, in geopolitics over the past two decades despite facing overwhelming censorship. I mean, Ryan, for the lack of better terms, he was canceled before it was cool. Uh, He was canceled on MySpace, various other platforms. So, and while that is fun and cool now, that costs a lot of money for people. And I do not have that experience, but Ryan certainly does. So definitely go to ANC Report, watch the movies, buy a t-shirt, do whatever it is that you have to do. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? Thank you. Great intro right there. (laughs) <laughs> I yeah, I was even kicked off AOL. A- really? Like, <laughs> like back in the, the day, that was the internet pretty much. Yep. Yeah. I vaguely remember that. Um, now, I just, again, not to- That also kicks you off anything you use AOL to sign into. That's, All that's gone. So that's yeah. like everything. Yeah, pretty much was, yeah. So that's like being kicked off of Meta now. I'm kicked off Meta now. Oh yeah, that's that's an that's an easy one. I feel like <laughs> it's it's actually worse because you could not have Facebook or Instagram, but you could still maybe have Twitter or YouTube or something. Of course, I'm not on YouTube either. I did get my Twitter back when about eight months after Elon came, I got on the X platform. Right, and it's been I'm... gold. I mean, it's it's, it's close to two hundred thousand right now. Yeah, um, tweeted it yesterday. Just got a million. It's just they're coming through. I see. Yeah, this, there's a lot of people like me. As you said in the intro, you refused uh, pharmaceutical products, you know, the, the Mexican beer or whatever. Mexican beer. Um, yeah. That, now, that election fraud. There's so many things you're not allowed to talk about. One of them is Lincoln. Yep. You'd think this far removed from the Civil War, it would be okay. Yeah. Because yep. they still use that. Uh, to justify the whole thing, 55 years of reconstruction, over a million people killed. A million people killed in the 1860s, by the way, so much larger. If you were to scale it up, just the southern deaths, just the southern deaths versus that population, that would be like America having a war today and losing 17 million people. Unbelievable. Can you imagine? Like no. Vietnam, 5,000. Imagine losing 17 million people. How popular it's would that be? Unfathomable. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Now, Ryan, uh, yes. So he was discussing the Civil War. Now, just to set the table for this discussion, um, it's pretty clear that the U.S. is not in great shape. We are $30 trillion in debt. 
We are involved in several conflicts, which could easily escalate into world war and nuclear war. And on Thursday, President Biden was deemed mentally unfit for trial, but is still the sitting president of the United States of America. So in order to understand how to get out (laughs) of that makes perfect sense. (laughs) Yeah, it's unbelievable, (laughs) man. Unbelievable. But in order to understand how to get out of this, I want to talk about how we got here. Now, there's a lot of people who will point to things like 9-11 and COVID and the Federal Reserve, the Kennedy assassinations. And while those are all very pivotal, all big events, but but the but the but is we're going to take it back a little further today, folks. We're going to be talking about the American Civil War and that impact on American domestic and foreign policy, basically what I think Ryan would agree is the beginning of the American empire. Now, before we get into the Civil War, I want to ask a very basic definition. Ryan, what is a neocon? There are two parts of that word, neo, new, and con, conservative. They seem to indicate that they are the new conservatives. What exactly Mm -hmm. are they conserving, and what is new about it? Well... I'll give you the biographic. Well, first of all, yeah, neo just means the new conservative. So it was there to delineate this segment of people who call themselves conservatives or Republicans, but definitely were not of fiscal responsibility and smaller government, which is supposed to be the core pillars of conservatives. But if you look at conservatives or liberals, liberals used to care about workers' rights, labor. They've abandoned that for identity politics. You could call them neoliberals now across the pond is the opposite the neoliberal is the neocon because liberal means something else in britain than it does in or in japan than it does in the u.s so liberal with a capital l anyway conservative with a capital c you could say uh because they're not conserving anything these it's come to just mean anyone who sucks but (laughs) what it originally meant if you go back to like Jim Loeb, Justin Raimondo, who those two sort of coined it, started using it first to describe this clique. It's basically where the like the only conservative part is sort of this Cold War, anti-Russia, anti-Soviet, uh, whiffed train wrecks with the Zionist lobby and creates the worst of both elements. Uh, that's your neocon. And so these former Trotskyites your your Richard Pearls, your uh, your Paul Wolfowitzes, your Doug Feist. A lot of them were Henry Jackson acolytes. A lot of them went to Chicago school. Right. They have a sort of biographic origin. Now, there are people who are ideologically in line with the neocons, like Nikki Haley, for example. I mean, mm-hmm. on the gaffy meters, I, I measure how pro-Israel are you by on a scale of one to Nikki Haley, you know. But um, she's not with the original first generation neocon, at least. John Bolton's another. Well, John Bolton's a neocon, but he's sort of the newest one. The the OG neocons is the the Pearl Fife Worms or those people. But I always say, really, the original neocon was Abe Lincoln. Right. And that's, wanna, he, now he's yeah. not a Trotskyite, but so he doesn't fit that part if you want to include that. But I'm like, yeah, I think it's more important to look at the ideology. He's basically a, a tyrannical fascist that what that married corporation and state and the neocons are very you can't re, they're inseparable from the MIC and the Zionist. And those two things are inseparable anyway, because like, oh, they get all this money for 
what I call a lot of greed Martin, Lockheed yes. Martin. But for what? For a bunch of wars for Israel. I'm like, why? The neocons took us to war in Iraq twice. They took us to war in Syria. They took us to war in Libya. They have all the sanctions on Iran. Now they're bombing Yemen. But this is not an American interest. These are all Israeli partisans, Israeli firsters. They're all Zionists. You cannot find one neocon that's not also Zionist. Right. However, there are Zionists that aren't neocons. There's right. plenty of people in Israel and stuff. But at least they're putting their own nation first. The neocons are mostly, mostly disproportionately American Jews who put Israel first and shape policy like that. And right. Lincoln was putting selective commercial interests ahead of the whole country, including his own. Right. And Ryan, if you could just expand on that a little he owned bit. Own the property for the railroad junctions, you know, yes. like he, he definitely was a profiteer. He created the income tax. He was an ardent racist towards blacks and American Indians. He was a, uh, None of the things you hear in the school book where they carved his face in a mountain and called him an emancipator. <laughs> like he was right. a white supremacist. He was a white separatist, actually. Uh, he did not believe in slavery. You can believe you're superior without believing you should own people's property. But the motivation there wasn't empathy for the blacks. It was um, he just didn't think the two races should live together at all under any circumstances. He wanted to send them back to Africa or to South America, Central America, whatever. He wanted a separation of the races. And that was the huge argument about expanding West, whether slavery would expand West, was also whether Blacks would be allowed to live in Western states. And they did not want, in his own words, it was kind of too late where how it was in the East, but he said he wanted to separate them where they're not already together. And that was right. his policy. And there was the Liberia movement as well and the Black Codes in Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. Is that also correct? Yeah. <clears throat> well, the Liberia movement predated Lincoln, but yeah, he agreed with that. They came to realize that's too expensive. He did send um, hundreds of blacks to the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. um, that happened during the Civil War. And three days before the angel John Wilkes Booth shot him in the head, <laughs> um, he had met with his secretaries and his cabinet about what to do with the blacks because the war was still going on, but Lee had surrendered so that it, the writing was on the wall, but there are still a lot of men in the field. They're still at war. He is the commander in chief. So he is a legitimate target. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You blame his wife. She's always saying, you never take me to the theater. <laughs> so he got plugged, but the, in the, you know, a week before he died, not even he um, had met, to make a plan and grant was there too to they were going to send blacks to panama to dig a canal right now a lot of the reason why like you mentioned earlier you were like oh well that's why a blinken is viewed as this uh emancipator figure now oh, i should mention reason, too slavery yeah. in dc it ended mm -hmm. but he paid all the slave owners 300 dollars, and he offered a hundred dollars ahead to the slaves if they'd leave the country right which is a lot of money at the time yeah more than they're ever gonna earn most definitely and they're like just, you're free but please get out of here <laughs> right exactly you're free to leave um mm -hmm. now uh a lot of the reason why abe lincoln is viewed or you can go to a contraband camp for the union army and die anyway the idea of contraband the they, person is contraband that's how they viewed blacks they at the time. viewed him as property and right. they um grant who had slaves by the way is the commander of the union army by the end of it and besides lincoln 
and he um he had a couple slaves his wife used them through the duration of the war you got to remember a lot of northern states had slaves kentucky delaware um new jersey maryland new jersey yep it was legal in missouri there weren't a lot of slaves there but you could do it um and really well california had outlawed it on paper but no one's serious like would say they didn't have slavery they had asian and black asian and slavery slaves. right the, the railroad the coolie trade lasted long after the war well the northern slave owners all they were all there when lincoln was dead and after the war for another half a year it's mm. the 13th amendment that ended that but sort of because they just end up becoming sharecroppers and doing what they were doing before except more of them starved Right. And a lot of the reason and they why, didn't allow black suffrage in the North, only the South. Right. They would say, oh, you can vote if you own property. Like, wait, we did away with that in 1851 for everyone else. Oh, well, for men, like women still couldn't vote. They didn't go that crazy. But no. Um, <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin, New York, they had laws where it's like you are free, but not really. You don't really have these rights because they'd make these impossible conditions. Now, is that not a Jim Crow law? They don't call them that. I'm like, well, what is it? It's this, you know, special conditions for certain people to have to meet to vote, not others. Mm -hmm. At least Jim Crow was uniform and really not that ridiculous. Like, you ought to be able to read. I think you probably should be able to read to do, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Be nice yeah. to have now. Be nice to have voter ID, but we don't. In yep. some states, they say that's racist. I'm like, how? You have to have ID to do anything else. That's Uncle Ted, dude. That's another that's another conversation entirely. <laughs> it is Uncle Ted, Coach K. Coach K. Um, now, I think just to wrap this uh, question up, uh, you mentioned that we, we discuss Abraham Lincoln as this emancipator figure in popular media. And a lot of the reason why he's able to have this image and to retain this image, and this is very common with the neocons today, is control of media. If you right. don't allow dissent then you are inevitably going to look it's the norm mcdonald joke oh, and that's his look, fault the too. good guys all won they won every war oh yeah i yeah. love that it says here they won every war what are the yeah. odds um <laughs> well lincoln you know i don't know if this was intentional or what i think he was doing it for himself but he closed down over 300 newspapers yep and he had people arrested who were not favorable to the north i mean they're winning propaganda victories because in the beginning of the year um, they had some naval victories, but they were getting whooped in Virginia. Right. And they weren't doing too well in Tennessee yet either. And but the papers would act like they were. And, you know, he's facing election. Uh, McClellan, you know, may have usurped him. He, but so what he did is he just arrested the writers and right. he destroyed free speech because every paper left had to be a government lackey or Lincoln would just send in the goons and physically raid and shut you down and throw you in prison. It never recovered because the others got such a head start that they had gained kind of regional monopolies. Right. And so you have these certain papers that end up becoming just like now you have the times, the post, the da, da, da. Um, all these Yankee newspapers that were willing to kiss up the government become the news. And there isn't anything else. There's no TV. There's no podcast. There's no, it was the paper, you know, there were some like 
I guess it's sort of like what magazines are now where they have at least pamphlets that were popular, easy to mass. But the newspapers where people got news, stump speeches, I mean, there wasn't much else. So controlling that, he controlled the press. And then financially, the uh, the others had gone out of business or, you know, they'd been in jail. Their infrastructure had been destroyed. The journalists had to quit and then go join and say what Lincoln wanted, you know. So that was not only did he destroy the, I mean, free enterprise by having corporations married married to the state. I mean, he subsidized the rails. He subsidized steel foundries. He favored one industry over another. He favored one region over the other. Um, it got so bad with Grant, his lackey, the general, you know, the guy on the fifty dollar bill. That's where we get the term lobbyist from is so many people would meet him in the hotel lobbies, special interest groups, just pay to play openly, openly corrupt. Uh, uh, his brother was the same way. And one of the people, my, my brother figured this out that who was testifying against Grant's brother while Grant was pre uh, president was Custer and they sent him on a suicide mission. Yep. Custer died. BIA actually sold guns to Red Cloud and Crate and Sitting Bull while um while Custer was out there trying to get chased down Crazy Horse and Red Bull. Red Bull won his wars. Crazy Horse won his wars. It's welfare that destroyed the Indians. Right. Welfare did what the army couldn't do. Now let's talk about the natives a little bit more. So when I had first moved to Tennessee, I went to the Civil War Memorial at Point Lookout and was surprised to notice a monument dedicated to Cherokee Confederates. Now, Native populations seem to be a pretty overlooked component of mainstream Civil War history. Can you touch on the various roles of different Native tribes during the Civil War? How did the conflicts affect the populations during and after the Civil War? American Indians fought on both sides. Um, in fact, the last Confederate general to surrender was Stan... Watier, um, and I believe he was Cherokee. Um, he kept fighting on into the summer, and like June, he was the last one. And they knew if the Northerners win and get their railroads west, we're going to be exterminated. And that is exactly what happened. Right. I've got some regalia on today. I don't know if you can see this. Yeah pretty badass <laughs> that is pretty badass dude and it's uh it's interesting too um and, and and i guess this is just coming from someone who's a little bit younger i guess who didn't see the battle flag so much as like a popular culture symbol like for my entire life i basically thought that was like oh well you're just a racist and you hate black people and it's just not the case like i mean even oh, no, and you, not even you hate black people but you just you hate minorities of all shapes and sizes but it's it's interesting well, and you'd I, have to hate martin luther king because he used the battle flag for the mississippi freedom party as a symbol yep. of rebellion I got it's a song the about biggest that. fu the federal government ever faced yes and <laughs> that is what it was and what it always was until about the 1990s right because hbo and Hollywood turned it into some skinhead crap. Like, first of all, this happens way before World War II. It has nothing to do with neo-Nazis. There's none of this Aryan race crap. These are two groups of white people fighting each other. It was nothing like that. Um, two groups of slaves. Like, some of the North had slaves, some of it didn't. But they're not fighting over slavery. They're just fighting to preserve the Union, preserve the revenue. 
as stated by Lincoln's first speech. There is the Emancipation Proclamation in the middle of the war, which did not free any slaves in any territory the North controlled. It was just to try to spark slave revolts in the South, desperation tactic, because at, at, at that point, the North was losing the war. Right. And it didn't work. In fact, what it did is it caused riots in the North instead, because they're like, we're not fighting for any of these colored people. And huge riots, draft riots in New York City. New York City almost joined the Confederacy, too. They had, they right. get this, they had a secession movement January 6, 1861. <laughs> wow. The real J6. Yeah. <laughs> That's and it was over the tariff issue. Like, if South Carolina is going to have free trade, we need it, too. If you don't force them to comply, we're not going to comply. Uh-huh. Because, really, if the North had to do what they did, well, given, well, they didn't have to if he didn't have the damn 45% tariff, but... If their South is going to leave and you're going to get zero, that would have been the end of the union. They, they would not have survived 10 of the 10 out of 10 of the richest states in the United States were all Southern states before right. the war. Right. You know, Mississippi and South Carolina in particular, I think were number one and number two um, because they were producing 80% of the world's cotton. And it's because of the civil war that, Turks and Egypt and stuff, they're caught, they, you know, that was the replacement. Um, Europeans were not buying from the Ottomans or anything. They weren't buying from um, Muslims at all because of, you know, their own prejudice and strategic interests, whatever their ambitions they had. But uh, they, weren't gonna, they weren't gonna buy cotton from them. They were getting it from right. the United States. They're making finished products and you know, the major textiles industries were still in Britain, France, places like that. They were, there's a, they were at that time, um, much more of industrial powers than they are now. There was a much wider gap between like the global South and Western Europe. Right. Yeah. They are very wealthy States and, um, it, you know, they become all the poorest States in the union after the war, of course, they're devastated. Right. But, now they were Ryan, not fighting over slavery. They it's like, well, if you're fighting over slavery, why wouldn't that be the cause in the beginning of the war? And why um, didn't you end slavery on your own side? Like northern mm-hmm. states had slaves. Absolutely. They didn't even attempt. They didn't even attempt. There was no movement to do that. There was a movement to prevent slavery from spreading out west, but no one had asked in slavery where it already existed. Now, let's do two quick follow-ups. Now, I think this would be a good clip for X or Twitter or whatever. Let's talk about the lead-up a little bit. Um, you mentioned the tariffs, and also I really want to touch on two primary things with the lead-up is the tariffs and the Corwin Amendment. These are two, what at least to me, was my quote-unquote red pill on the Civil War. I didn't know no, sure, yeah. any of this until I started watching your content. So if you could just walk us through yeah, a little I can bit of tell the lead-up you the and NPC- the Corwin Amendment. It's about slavery because they learned this stuff from the John Stewart show because liberals get their political information from late night comedians. When Dylan Roof went and shot black people in South Carolina and then get this, he never had a Confederate flag. Somebody photoshopped that and said this was on his Facebook. Even if he did. So what? That's not why he did. He shot those people, but he never had. He was not into civil war at all. Someone put a Confederate flag in his video and then all these, you know, people raged out and started tearing down statues and stuff like, 
what does the Civil War have to do with this racist asshole in South Carolina that shot a bunch of black people? I mean, he got radicalized by 4chan or whatever, probably. But um, they started all of a sudden, everybody became a Civil War history buff. And the two things they'll say, which is not even their own words, it's something they learned yesterday. You know, it's like I, they watch the show and then they go out and try to right. argue on the Internet is the vice president, because they don't know Stephen's name, Cornerstone speech. And the secession papers, some of which mention slavery as a reason for seceding. Well, well, I can tackle the secession paper in a second. But even if they, even if slavery was the reason to secede, the reason there's a war is because the North needs to preserve the revenue. There's a big difference between seceding and fight. The South wasn't going to invade the North. Oh yeah, let's invade somebody who's five times our size that inherits the Navy. That'll go well. You know, <laughs> the North attacked the South. Lincoln started the war when he put a blockade on Virginia and North Carolina and South Carolina when Virginia and North Carolina were still in the Union. That caused and that's why North Carolina seceded. And they provided more troops than any southern state. Uh, you know, that's uh he attacked Fort Sumter. And you're like, wait, didn't the South attack Fort Sumter? Nope. The Yankees sent down the SS Harriet Lane, which fired on the Nashville before they fired on Fort Sumter. And what was Fort Sumter? It's where they physically collected the tariffs. It's a little island fort outside Charleston mm -hmm. where they got the import export taxes. Right, they are hitting like a tariff collection agency over the tariff issue. You think they're fighting for slavery right. now? There was mention of slavery in like Mississippi's secession papers, for example, because they feared that would be something the North was going to take away. Uh, but they are trying to appeal to people with money, which are slave owners. And they're also looking at Maryland, Kentucky, and these border states that have slaves saying, look, they'll do this to you too. You should join the Confederacy. Um, so in response to that, a uh, congressman from Ohio and one from New York to Yankee States drafted an amendment which was passed, the Corbin Amendment, which solidified slavery in the Constitution. You would need a constitutional amendment to end slavery. Northern, Northern uh, officials did that. Yeah, Very Ohio and New York and then every northern state, like the majority of the you have to ratify an amendment. You know, you need more than a 50 percent majority. Mm -hmm. So the Yankees agreed, said, yeah, we're whatever. You cannot mess with the state's labor laws. Now, the state could still end slavery itself or um, or keep it. But that Washington, D.C. would not be making that decision for other states. And they were fine with that because a lot of the northerners. They didn't want freedmen moving north. Right. And that's what was going on. They're like, no, I don't like this. Like, and right. they, they did throughout the duration of the war, um, uphold the fugitive slave law and would send them back or throw them in prison. So, you know, or throw them in a contraband camp and execute, uh, where they were in some cases. Death. Is that correct? The, the black population dropped by a million by between the civil war and 1900. Right. So many people died of starvation and just they were left to their own devices. Then it's not their fault, but they had no formal education or skills. People are still racist and not going to hire them. They don't care what the, okay, you're free. Well, I, I ain't hiring yet. You know? And so, and that was everywhere. It wasn't just the South. It was like, they did go up North. They didn't want them either. 
it it was horrible right I, like i always say emancipation was a travesty and it will oh, hear me out you know like the way it, obviously you shouldn't have owned people but the way it was done was awful uh, because they're just like, fine, you're free. You don't have free room and board and food and it's, you know, secure, you know, it's not a job, but it's some, a skill. You know, you're just out there. And now uh, you're not guaranteed a certain standard of living. You're just going to die, die, um, sharecropping or getting coal out of the mines in West Virginia or whatever. And a lot of poor whites were in the same predicament, but at least they had the potential for social mobility. Like, a lot of blacks did not. Um, That's really sad, man. Bad, it is, and, and that would culminate in the 1920s with the um, the Blair Mountain Rebellion, where a lot of Irish and blacks and stuff rebelled, fought federal government again. A million rounds of ammunition were fired in that in Logan County alone. Yeah, that's a that's a missing piece of history too. The Blair Mountain Rebellion. Only people in West Virginia seem to know about it. That was the biggest labor, you know, movement riot ever in U.S. history, besides the Civil War, and no one knows about it. They think we got labor rights by wearing pink pussy hats, and <laughs> but like, no, you got your labor rights from people with guns shooting the federal government. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Now, okay, I I heard what you were saying earlier about Fort Sumter and how you mentioned that it was. Oh, hold on, the Corwin Amendment. But- Corn Amendment. Passed. Go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. It the North ratified it. All you had, to, all the Southern states had to do. Of course, you can't ratify an amendment unless you stay in the Union. So mm-hmm. if you stay in the Union, like if you will stay in the Union, we will guarantee you slavery in the Constitution. You just sign here and it's done. And they did not take that deal because that was never a reason or never a primary reason to secede anyway. That was rhetoric. That was like. Oh, we're going to Iraq to liberate the Kurds. Yeah. Something that sounds better than the real reason. <laughs> and it was like, no, we want to keep our own revenue. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, uh, it sounds backwards. It's like, why would keeping slavery be the good sounding thing? Um, Because everyone was racist in the 1860s. And like, you want to let these uppity colored people start talking about rights what's next you can let women vote you know <laughs> that was that resonated at the yeah, time that's true yeah. that's true and i you know just going back to this i think we pretty much tackled the court amendment that was i think that's that's us that's good for that now the other problem about black voting is since they were slaves they thought well then these rich slave owners will just get all their slaves to vote the way they want so it, it like unfortunately gives them even more political power because they can just tell them all this is the person you're supposed to do and they'd all go do it like you're giving that guy hundreds of votes to whatever you know because the way slavery was it's not like everybody owned a slave there's a few people owned them all right and everyone else didn't own any it's a Pareto. Yeah. a few people right them all. <laughs> let's ask Kyrie irving who owned uh who owned the boats Kyrie. <laughs> well yeah that's um <clears throat> You, Jefferson had ended the transatlantic slave trade long ago. He tried to end slavery in Virginia too. He was governor, you know, and right. I think he was only two votes away. I uh, couldn't get it done, but it's something he wrestled with his whole life. He inherited slaves. His father died when he's 11 years old. His uncle had lost three children to childbirth and then had children with a, uh, with a mulatto woman 
So some of Jefferson's relatives were Octorans, as they call it. Um, and he bought them and their extended family so they wouldn't be separated from each other. Went into debt doing that. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, just going back to, I just couldn't help but notice this and kind of leads into my next question. When you said that the North actually had attacked Fort Sumter and that is what prompted the Southern uh, firing on Fort Sumter, I can't help but think. Uh, well, they attacked the ships right. in front of it. Yeah. Yes. They attacked the ships in front of it, which sounds to me, and I'll take a modern example, it, it's the Alaska mosque. That's that's the, the flooding s- of the mosque. Yeah. Right. Because they'll tell you, oh, uh, Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th for no reason at all. What they don't tell you is on October 5th that the IDF, along with some Orthodox rabbis, Settlers, started doing yeah. Yeah, cr- Talmudic rituals in an Islamic holy site. And they don't tell you yeah, that. And Hamas that would, named the raid Alaska, Alaska flood, flood after that event. Right. That was the provocation. Like, okay, let's say you didn't know that would happen. What possible positive result did you think would happen from flooding the the Muslim holy site desecration? What do you or, think was going to yeah. happen? Or blockading You're the southern asking ships for violence? Because Israel has a policy of provocation and revenge. Mm-hmm. And Lincoln went down there to collect the tariff. And South Carolina said, no, we're not part of the union anymore. You cannot have our tax revenue. Because here's the other thing. Not only were they lopsidedly taxing the South, it was all being spent on public works in the North. Right. 90% of the revenue, it wasn't even the North. It was Philadelphia, Boston, and New York City that were getting the revenue. And then the rest are going to these railroad tycoons. Right. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So let's talk about, um, I have a question about Sherman. So Sherman's March on Atlanta is, yes, (laughs) is infamous due to, if I'm not mistaken, of many violations of the Geneva Convention. Um, They didn't exist yet, but like there were rules of war and he broke them all. Yes. So he violated the Geneva Convention, an international body. And despite this, he is... You know, the union is still viewed not only as the military victor, but as the moral victor of this law, despite violating an international code. And again, I can draw a parallel there because all of the Israeli settlements are deemed illegal. And the ICJ said, oh, they might be committing genocide. These international bodies say something that there's rules in war, and it just doesn't seem to matter for these neocons, whether it's in 1864 or in 2024. And mm-hmm. I just kind of want to explore that a little bit. Like, do, how do you feel that the conduct in the Civil War, what like Sherman the did, policy, influenced conflicts in the 20th and 21st century? Yeah, I mean, he burned Columbus, he burned Atlanta, and his behavior put northern populations at risk because Lee could have done the same thing. He marched right through Maryland and was, you know, at the capital in Pennsylvania. I mean, they were fighting in Gettysburg. That's pretty far from Virginia. But he didn't go around burning towns and things. And um, there was one ammunition factory they burned. But, like, they they could have done that. They didn't do that. That was the point of murdering civilians. What is the, you hurt the war effort. Like, actually, you made it last a lot longer than it would have by acting that way. You think you're denying them material support. But there are a lot of people that don't want to go to war as much as they hate it 
there were a lot of pro-union people in the South. The western half of North Carolina, the eastern half of Tennessee, the western half of Virginia, which becomes West Virginia, was so strong about it. That's had slaves, too, by the way. Right. Um, stayed in the Union. And the other parts of the Carolinas and Tennessee, if you look at the secession vote, it's all like in North Carolina, it's all like Wilmington, the eastern side that voted for secession and the west and in the middle voted to stay in the union. They wanted to remain part of America because they're not on the coast. They're not on the Mississippi River and they're not that affected by the tariff. And so there were a lot of pro like the third largest divisions in the Union Army by the end of the war were from North Carolina. It wasn't a clear delineation like north this way, south this way. Um, and there were some pro-Southern pockets in the north, too. But and, and even in Canada, I mean, it was a mixed thing. But um, <clears throat> when you go around, I actually have an ancestor unfortunately fought for the union in the beginning and he was from the carolinas that when he got wind of what sherman had done this is before he reached georgia he changed sides wow joined the good guys because there's no point in just sh shooting women and burning houses like what is wrong with you and they, they did the same thing to american indians and you know that didn't go well either whether it was sand creek or wounded knee you know you end up with little bighorn. Um, you end up with the greasy grass. You end up with uh, Red Cloud defeating your entire army and burning all your forts. Right. You end up with Crazy Horse <clears throat> scalping every single man Custer had. And, you know, you, you know, end up with two planes crashing into the World Trade Center. Well, yeah. If you kill so many civilians, like, you're radicalizing people that otherwise were out of it. They're like, ah, you know, when you do that, well, you, you're just going to burn Atlanta. Why? There's no army there. Right. Like, what is the point? If you want to, I mean, once you control it, you can cut off the road or whatever. They're not going to get supplies. What You don't have to scorch, you know, just Genghis Khan, you know, just burn and rape everyone. Right. But that's how Sherman was. And, uh, Think about after the war, like if you're if the purpose is to have a union and unite, you're missing cities that you would have had. You know, Absolutely. that was that's wealth for your own country. That's like you're you are in your own mind. These are Americans. Absolutely. They weren't allowed to secede. They're just some of them in rebellion. Right. He didn't care. He like he Lincoln would sit on the telegraph with Sherman and want details about deflowering Southern bells. The Union Army had so much rape. There's a woman named Ken Murphy wrote a book about it, about you can kind of tell how widespread the rape was by the rates of syphilis in the Union Army. It was taking them out. In fact, General Hooker is where we get the term hookers for prostitutes. Huh. That's how bad it was. There's a lot of new words like General Burnside is where we get the term for sideburns. Hmm. And I wonder if screw the pooch comes from Grant because he did have a. <laughs> more than loving relationship with dogs <laughs> wow and he kept screwing up <laughs> that's interesting man actually grant did well out west but when he like everyone else that faced lee really um didn't go well right man that is something and it's it's interesting because you know ryan you say baseball I, I, comes from the civil right. war too here's a fun one go ahead the new york yankees 
probably the most beloved team. I don't, I mean, some will say them that's what they're wrong. If you look at traditionally the, the major icons, the Babe Ruth, the Mickey Mantles and stuff, it's, it's the Yankees. Um, but that uniform, <clears throat> they wear the pinstripes. Right. And that is a result of Yankee prisoners that were sent to, I think, Salisbury, North Carolina. They were, they played a baseball game amongst themselves, like Pennsylvania versus New York or whatever. And they had the prison uniforms on, which is that pinstripe uniform. Mm -hmm. and later and they called it and they played the guards and whatever you know they they all speak the same language they're all like you're in prisoner but they didn't hate them it not it's not like gaza and israel i mean it's right it was like well you're in jail you some of you were conscripted whatever but afterward they carried on the name yankees and they still wore the uh pinstripe uh prison uniform so technically the new york yankees today are wearing the prison uniforms and then a lot of other baseball teams get those pinstripes because it, i think they changed to be horizontal later but they were like this and that was the uniform wow <laughs> that's really interesting being in jail never yeah. never heard that it now, came from they're trying to play cricket and didn't have the right stuff and this game <laughs> sort of developed during the war and then these yankee prisoners were playing it and it's un unclear like it was kind of co-invented by both the, right but whatever yeah, it's a it's an American uh, sport though, right? And now just, the CSA is also America. It's Confederate States of America. Like, no, we're is. America. You're not. <laughs> like, they both yeah. said the same thing. <laughs> yep. Kind of China Taiwan thing going on there. Yeah, you mean what is it? Uh, West Taiwan. You always say is for for yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's China. West Taiwan and Taiwan. Anyways, um, I, I have a friend from Taiwan. It's like there's North China, South China, West China, and not China. <laughs> God. That's another one that's not looking so hot, but we'll, we'll, that's another subject. Um, now, you know, you, you asked a kind of a rhetorical question earlier when you said, what is the point of murdering all these civilians? And I can't help, but just again, draw parallels between, you know, the awful conduct of the union military during the civil war, but it's also like, I watched you in Goodrich's podcast and that detailing what happened in Germany is it's just disgusting. And it's, it's no not just Germany, kill all those civilians when the war's over, but there, but the, the thing is the argue, the sick argument is that there is, and it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual breaking of a people. And that just seems like what our military does. And it's not the uh, dig on the individual soldiers. I have friends in the military. I have family who served honorably in the military, but it's just this dehumanization of people and then the subsequent not just and it's not just enough to take your territory it's they're going to rape the women they're going to bomb everything and until it's just nothingness and it's this absolutely psychopathic point of view that seems to be almost completely not exclusive to neocons but it's it's like all of them just have this control this psycho control mechanism in them that just allows them to do the most depraved things imaginable and with that I'm going to bring you to the last of, I have two more questions for you. Now, number one is going to be about Karl Marx wrote a letter to Abraham Lincoln at the end of the civil war. I just add that. Go ahead, please. Barrington was just as bad as Sherman. He's the one that gave us the phrase, the only good Indian is a dead Indian. Right. But there were other Northern commanders that would never allow their men to do that. But there were plenty. I mean, even in Virginia campaign, like they, walled people up in a church and burned them alive blacks right. too there are a lot that's of that's the patriot right the scene in the patriot 
well, that's well, that's in the Revolutionary War, but that happened in the Civil War. Right. That's my <laughs> yeah. understanding. Is that they all they, the they wedding took, rings? Right. Yep. Yep. They took it. That was a a thing that happened in the Civil War, but they just showed it in the Revolutionary War. To they lost it. so bad, they even chained up pro-union sympathizers and brought them up north of parade around D.C. So they had something to point to for propaganda. Wow. <laughs> like, it was bad. The it's just, just reason people like you underhanded Yankee because they did every. It, it really is the worst of the U.S., the stuff they did. Because when they went out west, you know, what led to, you know, people like Chivington and stuff. My brother and I have been going over this. But the what led to the Lakota and Sioux and all coming down and kicking the Union's ass is they didn't just go and kill women and children. They tortured them. They had pubic hair scalps. Yeah. They chopped off breast. They everything that Israel accuses Hamas of doing, the Union did. Actually, did there were trophies of Indian body parts and stuff in bars across Colorado and off until the 1970s. Okay, there's plaques that I, this is where we threw the last red Indian off a cliff. Crazy stuff. And you think what what happens to in your head to where you can just walk up and shoot a child in the face? You know, shoot a woman through the feet and watch her crawl around in the river. Like uh, they all manner stuff that would hurt your heart to know about what they did. That some of the it's not just scalping; like it was bad what they just did to these people who had no weapons. The men are out on the buffalo hunt, and they the army comes in and rapes. They they had auctioned kids off on stage as young as nine. Good lord! And to be raped and what would have Custer's corral. What they do is these cowboys would pull their money together as a group so they could get a higher price and then gang rape them to death. Didn't care, man. Squaw. They called them. That's that's Squaw means woman. Squaw means an unopened pine cone, but it's a virgin. Ah, wow. Mm-hmm. It means Damn. like hasn't opened yet. That's that's heavy, man. That is really heavy. It's, it's just, just dark, man. And it's it's like, OK, well, that was then the Israelis doing it now. They cut the electricity off. and You just watch babies freeze to death in an incubator because there's no power. They're cry- a famine. They did the same thing. Shooting the buffalo. They just watch people starve to death. Didn't care. Um, the same sickness. So I just want to point out it's not unique to the Israelis. No, it's not. Like your great grandparents might have done something like this. Right. This is this was going on in America, in the like the Dakotas, Wyoming, Montana territory, you know, in the eighteen nineties, eighties, seventies. It's going this on in Ukraine sick, man. right now. I saw a video today of a of a I don't think a... they've had pubic hair scalps and stuff in Ukraine. Right. Like That's... they shoot people in the knees and stuff. This has been pretty That's sick, true. but never the level of Israel in the United States. Interesting. Like, that they're not like russia hasn't just carpet bombed a city it burned it down like sherman did they surrounded mariupol like they could have they could have saved more of their own if they just flattened that with cruise missiles but they didn't they did the hard way because you you can't just murder a bunch of civilians you just can't you can't if you're america of course you know one reason russia might not do that is they can't get away with it they don't run the media Maybe they would do that if they had the media. It's hard to right. say because all governments seem to 
be horrible. <laughs> so. yeah, it does also seem like Putin does view a lot of Ukrainians as his ethnic kin as well, which may which may have contributed to him slowing the pace of the uh, the bombing campaign. That might just be being charitable to Putin, but that does seem to check out with a lot of what I understand about the conflict. I think he was still looking for reconciliation with Germany and Italy and Western states afterward. And like, look, we're going in with an SMO. We're coming in with kid gloves here. We have, here's a very thick resolution to this whole thing. Boris Johnson ruined it. You know, the UK and the US came in and like, nope, we'll give you weapons. We'll give you endless money. You fight them. And yep. all that did was prolong the inevitable. Got it. I think they thought that the sanctions would cripple Russia and that through a war of attrition, Russia could not, even though they have a superior military, they would not be able to sustain this long protracted multi-year-long war without their economy imploding. But the sanctions didn't work. And so they're like, we can take our time and not run into this porcupine because, you know, Ukraine had all these defenses, trenches and bunkers and things. It would be a Pyrrhic victory at best. And But with time on their side, Russia's like, okay, we'll just sit back at range and hit this with artillery all day and night. It's slow, but it's effective. And just the wall just keeps going. Kuchunk, they call it the meat grinder. Just you can't get through this, and we're here. We come here. We come. We're like, yeah, we're gonna have to use a lot of ammo to soften up all these defenses, but we have Man. a lot of ammo, and they we sure will do, do this. Mm -hmm. I saw. And guess who doesn't? NATO. <laughs> I saw an awful video today. I hesitate to even discuss it because it was a Ukrainian soldier who clearly had Down syndrome, and it's oh, just like that that's disgusting. Let them fire one. So fucking mad, dude. Oh my goodness. That's how desperate they are, though. It is. It is exactly anybody. what it They'll is. They'll throw anybody in there. And yeah, the soldiers who are doing that to him, yeah, that's bad. But the fact that he's even there is just, it's so sad. I, I just, I, I hesitate I don't to know, even man. watch stuff I, like that anymore. Really, it breaks my heart to see the whole situation, but I side with the soldiers. Because the guy with Down syndrome shouldn't be there. And it's no. not funny if him trying to do a mortar round or whatever. Like, dude, yeah. we could die. Like, Get this guy the fuck out of here. So they kick him and yell at him, whatever. That sucks, but man, that's what needs to happen. Because you don't have time to explain it. You know, he's got Down syndrome. Like, go away. Like, I'm sorry. This is a war. Yeah, Any, any other situation, I'd reason it out with you, but this is not one of those. Absolutely. Yeah. No, be like I a wasn't... kid being there. Just like, get yeah. this kid out of here. This is yeah. not for children. Like, just go away. If you got to yell at him or slap him even oh well right you know, it's life and it death sucks. life and death. yeah exactly. that's, that's that's fair and i wasn't i mean it was you know it's obviously sad to see a person with disabilities get treated that way but it, my point well, is about, who put him there my point is about the government yes yeah who, yeah exactly. zelensky put him there yep <laughs> yeah um now zelensky doesn't care about ukraine he doesn't care about anything they're so uh, corrupt they've made so much money siphoning off all this usa and a portion of that goes back to the politicians that voted to get it out it's a big circle. I mean, you saw that with FTX. Mm -hmm. They were laundering money out of Ukraine back to the DNC. Right. Right. And only oh. Sam Bankman fraud got in any trouble. Although the rest of his goons sort of got off the hook. Right. Now, Ryan, uh, I know you got things to do with your kids. So I'll, I'll Sam keep... fraud. Uh, Sam. Yeah. Sam Bankman. 
yeah. Now I know you guys stuff to do with your family, man. So I don't want to keep you too long, but I have uh, two final questions for you. Um, so the first one you touched on it briefly and just feel free to do this one briefly. Cause I really like the second one. So we'll start with this one. Now we were talking about to the civil war. Now at the end of the civil war, Karl Marx sends Abraham Lincoln a letter congratulating him on his great victory. Are there, is there an ideological overlap between communism and neoconservatism? And if so, what is it? They both lead to unwarned death. <laughs> well, I mean, Lincoln was a, a tyrant. Marx was better than Lincoln. I mean, Marx probably sincerely believed in this idea of how history would evolve and really did believe in workers. Right. He did. I'm not saying he was right, but I think he was sincere. Right. Lincoln knew better and didn't care. You know, he's like, he was definitely a top hat wearing crony capitalist, if you want to call it that. But right. um, where is this, where is this victory for the proletariat? You know, there's no human rights under Lincoln. He doesn't end slavery. He's dead before that happens. Like, but you know, prior to that, Marx had written the opposite where he had sympathized with the Southern cause. Right. But Marx goes wherever the money is. Huh? That's what Engel uh, did. Yeah. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> the communist goes where the money is. Wow. Talk about irony. Marx was about Marx. Right. I mean, he was just selling BS. But Interesting. Okay. His now critique of like worker alienation and stuff is not wrong. Right. Just his solutions even worse. Like, oh, you don't like the over expansion of government power and exploitation of the workers. So what's your solution? To give all the private property to the government and, and let them distribute wealth out of their mm -hmm. own benevolence. Like if that's wrong, how is giving them more power over the treasury going to be better? Right. Obviously it isn't. Central okay. planning is a big fail. People are not just going to work for the love of artistry or whatever. Like, <laughs> they work for yeah. income to spend on the stuff they actually want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I would like to eventually have a talk with you because, you know, what you're saying is that and, and I agree with you that the the Marx fear mongering is somewhat overhyped, although, you know, communism is not the ideal political system by any stretch of the imagination. Now, what you're saying is that there is and I agree with you that there are fair agreements, grievances in the Communist Manifesto and that Marx may have stated and that there is. Sort I of hate a communists. OK, I'm going right. to make this clear. I yeah, hate yeah. Nazis, too, but I can look at some of the economic policies of the right and go, well, that seemed effective, you know, getting rid of minimum <laughs> wage. I mean, there are certain things that did turn the economy around and there are some good points. And the Communist Manifesto in its critiques of cronyism. Absolutely. And like, how could you say all that and know all that and then turn around and say, let's have a super state when the state and when you look at like you want to blame the corporations? Well, <laughs> who enables that? Like the corporations get their power by lobbying the state. It's the states like Peter Schiff gave this example. If you have a bunch of alcoholics because some bar is giving away free alcohol. Do you chase around all the alcoholics or you just shut down the bar that's giving away the free alcohol? Great analogy. Like it's the government that enables uh, these monopolies and stuff. They didn't gain them on their own. And it's the government that picks and chooses whether or not they're going to enforce antitrust laws. Like the government is definitely the, the, the predicate in that relationship. Like that's the problem. You can't just have more government and hope, well, my government's going to 
benevolently redistribute wealth to the poor or whatever, you know, that still wouldn't work because you're disincentivizing innovation and work ethic. Like the government needs to stay out of the distribution of wealth. The government needs to be a referee, not a coach. Yep. They should That's be there. Point. You should have a court system. I'm not giving the anarchists. I'm giving the libertarian point of view. There's nothing wrong with having a court system to, to be the arbiter between disputes of the citizens. It's okay to have a post office. It's okay to have certain things, but you don't pick winners and losers in the marketplace. Yes. You don't subsidize a missile industry or any industry. Like, And that was part of the, and here's another thing. If you look at the Confederate States of America constitution, it's very pretty much like the original constitution, but they made some very key changes. One of which was taxes would be uniform. You could not favor commerce over agriculture. Whatever. You got to have uniform taxes across the board. You're not going to have a 45% tariff like that. Yeah. South pretty Carolina reasonable. was going to secede over that same issue 30 years before the war. And they made an agreement where they would lower it in increments every two years. The tariff would get lower back to where it was. And then Lincoln gets in and jacked it back up, you know, beyond Morrell. So, you know, right. of course, they're the first state to secede. Yep. Uh, yep. And I think it's very, it's very important you make that distinction between anarchist and libertarian because I've just seen this whole oh, spurred yeah, out they on always, Twitter. And caps always call themselves libertarian. Oh, I'm like, God. you're not. I, it's okay. You should have a border. Yes. You should have a national defense. There are roles for a government, it's just the government. It's more, it means me more like the Jeffersonian government, minimalist, but it can't be none. Yes. Like, well, you want private property? Well, how do you decide that? Right. You don't have a court system. You know, you, well, we'll just have a body to like, well, now you have a government. Congratulations. Like, you're going to end up with a government. You just need to limit it to do its role, its function. Yeah. And, you know, one of those functions is you know, you, it's okay to have police. It's okay. Like these things that are agreed on, your state could say no to that too. But the biggest problem with government is using the tax revenue to pick and choose interest groups to favor. Because then, you know, democracy died the day people realized they could vote themselves money. Right. Absolutely, man. Uh, so well said. Now, last question, Ryan. Um, I, I, you posted this maybe on your Telegram or something a while back, but the, the Novo Russia flag is yeah. uh the it looks, looks like the yeah <laughs> without like the, the stars it looks exactly like the virginia battle flag without the stars do you think that that is a direct reference and do you see any parallels between the secession movement there and the secession movement in the south in the 1860s yeah so i mean they all virginia alabama and the naval flag all have that kind of um southern cross with the stars one's a square one's a rectangle one's a rectangle with white trim or whatever but uh yeah i in fact i thought is that a coincidence or th would they really plan this out because by the way that the southern flag was designed by a german painter whereas the american flag betsy ross a slaveholder <laughs> just saying interesting interesting <laughs> yeah, but um it's a beautiful flag by the way like just great design to everyone even if you don't like it you can concede to that but yeah i heard right when because i've been covering the ukraine conflict at, since really the the dioxin poison in 2005 6 and then the Biden coup and the war in donbass in 14 and 15 uh 
I remember at the outbreak, though, when Donbass declared, tried to declare independence. First, they tried to join Russia, and Russia actually said no. You, unlike Crimea, like, no, you guys got your Ukraine. You're going to have to work it out. So they said, fine, well, if we're not part of the Russian Federation, then we're an independent state. So you had Donetsk and Luhansk. And the guys sent me a bunch of Ukrainians singing Dixie in Ukrainian language and Russian language. <laughs> that is awesome, it awesome, dude. Yeah, it's like they had that flag and they're singing Dixie, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is beautiful. That and is beautiful. they understood. They're like, yeah. we are fighting against the oligarchs, just like the South. Because Lincoln wasn't alone. If if you look at his whole cabinet, Stewart in particular, and he's it's a bunch of bankers <laughs> out of you know Boston and stuff, and the media in the North that he allowed <clears throat> all had something in common um, for their special interests, and that was pushing Lincoln to go to war. At first, he was like, "Let him go." Um, just South Carolina, right? But it ends up being because of his own actions, he pushed Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Arkansas into secession. Right. Now, if you remove all those states, that war wouldn't last very long. But you know, Virginia was the largest state in the South. Texas was not like it is now. Florida was the same size as just the city of New Orleans. It was it was as far as Americans went. Um, not counting Indians. So that was not a, a big threat. Virginia was the main state. The largest state in the north was Pennsylvania. And it was from Pennsylvania Steel and that lobby that really pushed the, the war. Like Philadelphia, people think today, oh, New York City. And like, no, no, Philly was the, the problem uh, at the time. Yeah. Right. And Lincoln was a railroad lawyer, correct? So was Sherman, yeah. <laughs> So it makes sense yeah. to why they'd want to use government to build a big railroad. It's weird that, you know, they had the Virginia, Kentucky resolution. They're okay with that. They're okay with creating West Virginia. These are secession movements. Lincoln supported the Texas too. He supported it. Like the legality secession is they couldn't make that case. That's why they couldn't jail. Um, they they had to pardon all the rebels and Confederate generals and stuff, as well as their government, right. like Jefferson Davis, because they had no case. There were secession movements prior to this, one in South Carolina, a couple in the Northeast, then Texas. Like, hey, it was legal then. No, nobody, I mean, they didn't end up seceding, but nobody argued that they didn't have the right to do it. Right. It was the opposite. They're like, well, you have the right to do this. The whole country the United on States. That, right? And this, well, this is the thing prior to the civil war, it's the United States are da, 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 da. And after the civil war it became the United States is, well, it mm. still has an S at the end. Centralization. It's not the United States is the United States. Yep. But they said is, cause it was just became this huge federal state after Lincoln. Globo homo. So <laughs> it eventually yeah, well, becomes right. You know, Lord Acton and General Lee, you can read their letters back and forth. And they wrote that the fear was if the if Lincoln had his way and won this war, it would be nothing but depotism at home and imperialism abroad. Well, and that's exactly what happened. It's right on the nose there. They're generally they went all the way to Guam. They kept going west. 
man. It rolls right into the Spanish American war and, you know, fighting in the Philippines. Like, what are you doing fighting in the Philippines? Like <laughs> America do it way past California, Hawaii too. Hawaii doesn't become a state till the fifties, but they took it. They put a base there. That's what was bombed by the Japanese, right? They're not attacking America. They're attacking also, the American base. Hawaii is not blockade. part of the United States. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And also provoked by a blockade, and we had foreknowledge of it. Oh, the yeah, the McCollum memo, and the, yeah, the SS Ward sank a uh, Japanese submarine hours before Pearl Harbor, so they definitely had time to warn them before the air the air raid came. They knew, right? But they knew long before that because they had broken the code. Right, they had deceit. It's a good book on that. Awesome. The author's name escapes me, but that's the name of the book. Cool. All right. Well, Ryan, I think this is a good point to uh, wrap it up at. I know you got some New Year's activities with the family, so I want to let the you dragon. go for that. Yes, sir. Year of the Dragon. Um, thank you so much for coming on, man. And um, where can people find your work? And what are some of the big projects that you're going to be working on in the near future? A and C Report has all my work in general. If you really like Civil War stuff, there's one called Dawson Twins. Dawson-Twins.com. That's just... We have so much Civil War stuff. I thought, let's just put a, a page over here on that. But um, AAC Report has everything, including the Civil War and every other war. A&C is anti-neocon. So ancreport.com. This is a good interview with Scott Horton on um, the U.S.'s unintentional support for Shia around the world. Just keep listening to idiot Israelis for foreign policy up right now. And um, I'm about to drop a four part series on how Israel gained so much power over the U S I put it on Twitter already. I'm going to put that on the site right now and yeah. rumble too. Then let's see. Uh, I think Scott Ritter's coming on Monday. Awesome. I had three Scots in a row, Scott Dawson, Scott Horton, Scott Ritter. There's a three powerful Scott. Maybe I get Scott Ricard after that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I've really been enjoying uh, you and your brother's series on the natives. Very interesting stuff, man. We're about to do Crazy Horse. Yeah, it's uh, oh, what a bad dude. Yo, dude, crazy dude, horse. I wish Lee had known him. No, <laughs> he was too young at the time. But yeah, it's uh, he was he's almost like mythological. It's like the stuff he did was Chuck Norris level impossible, but he did it. Yeah, Crazy Horse <laughs> seems like the original Chuck Norris. But like, he actually native, did it. by the way, you know that I did not know that. That's very yeah, interesting. His grandparents, yeah, that's what All he right. says. I mean, I'm looking at him. I'm like, well, phenotypes don't always, you know, you might look whatever, but it doesn't mean he's it, like 80 and he looks 40. So I guess there's some good change in there. Well, that's from all the martial arts, and he doesn't drink or anything. But, um, yeah, natives live a long time if they don't get smallpox. Dark, but true. Is Red that... Cloud lived to be in his 80s. His wife was 104. 104. Finally. Good Lord. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, Ryan. Really appreciate your I think time. Sitting man. Bowl got to like 100. Robert Yellowtail was 106. Sitting Bowl was, was 100? He was, I th I don't know, but I think he reached, uh, he got up there in age. Um, but Robert Yellowtail for sure, because he was around, he was alive when I was alive. Like <laughs> he was a lawyer for the crow and he, man, he fought tooth and nail against this dam and they can, and he also helped them get uh, mineral rights. He was really good. 
he out like they would what the BIA does is they bottleneck courses uh cases the mm-hmm. Bureau of Indian Affairs which John McCain was that of fuck John McCain sorry do I have his, <laughs> uh, I don't know somewhere I have a yeah I do let <sighs> him rest ah, in hell. yes 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 um, yes they basically drag it out to your you're not around to deal with it. Well, he outlived him. So he got it. Um, but these bastards, man, after he passed away, they built the dam and they named it the Robert Yellow Hill Dam. Damn. What like this is not ancient times, you know. This is recently. They named the dam. They built it anyway, they named it after him. I mean, what a bunch of pricks. Like the Washington Redskins, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's do you know the the awful. face on the helmet? is two moons okay who, who also he fought alongside red cloud and that's his head wow. that's the that famous logo he ain't red obviously but <laughs> i don't know that, really that's actually a term for the scalp the bloody scalp indians are not red they're white and brown like everyone um <clears throat> asians aren't yellow either right I live here. I guarantee you that <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Europeans. Hair aren't is really white and, either. Yeah, they're peach colored. I guess some of them are white. I mean, like, like same with Europeans. Gingers like, are. They're they're they glow in the dark. And then there's um. Do you know that gingers? It is technically a mutation, but that is Neanderthals. They have that four percent or more Neanderthal DNA. All the Anderthal were ginger. Are you just like, is this one of your ginger tropes? Or are you serious? No, this is this was discovered this year. No, I way. used to say that as a joke, like they're Cro Magnon or something, but no, for real. Uh the <laughs> Neanderthal, which actually had a larger cranium capacity, they were superior to people in all but one way. It which was the placement of the voice box, obviously. Ah. But like they uh they could not pass info on to the next generation. Homo sapiens could. <laughs> they so couldn't crazy, communicate man. as well. That but is... they were they were physically superior, higher paintbrush. They could see in the dark. They they really were like these giant, you know, nocturnal apes that were smarter than us, stronger than us, everything. Yeah. But the lack of soul did the men. Right. Of course. Of course. Well, I I actually now live. In the place with the fewest gingers in the world, in obviously. Korea. See, yeah, out of soul. all the, all the bigotry you've been accused Capital's of, in your called career, soul. Yeah, <laughs> after all the bigotry <laughs> you've been accused of, the only one that sticks for me is the gingers. <laughs> I don't think. Well, you, you know, Jews they don't come to Japan. It's just, it's just the gingers. <laughs> no, no red. They don't like it. their land of the rising sun. Right, right. That would that's like instantaneous death. They just be vaporized in seconds. That, they really do. They have more. Almost all people have some Neanderthal DNA because Neanderthal whooped our asses, they, but they and they raped us and everything. But um, their offspring, the males were sterile, huh. and so over time, it's going to go back the Homo sapien way because Whoa. the women, yeah, they can't and they're making all these hybrids. But anyway, in the corners of Europe where there's severe inbreeding, um you end up with a disproportionate number of redheads. Now, not all Neanderthal were the same, just like not all people were the same. There were like Asian Neanderthals too. 
Right. And that's actually where the highest rates of Neanderthal DNA is in East Asia. Like, well, like Mongolians and stuff. Did you research this just because of the ginger jokes or do you just, you're just, no, I was just good. interested in like Homo erectus and all the offshoots of like, I wasn't taught this in school. Let's learn about it. And man, when they were like talking about how red hair is one of the traits in this, I lost it <laughs> because it sounds like a Ryan Dawson joke, right? It, it sounds it, like you, oh, you like had me, dude. You had yeah, me for at I least say, two minutes. You know, people who've ever seen me for a long time. I used to rip on gingers as sort of a, it was a tool of saying, you see how I'm allowed to say whatever, obviously joking about this group. But if I was do the same, just as obviously joking stuff about some other group, I'd get canceled. Right. It's a, like any subgroup within whites or it's any fine. white blondes, whatever, like you can rip on them all day. Yep. Um, even Damn. Italians like white ish um you can say whatever you want about them i don't know why you would want to but you can rip on them all day but if you get if you start ripping on sicilians if you know what i'm saying uh then you're in trouble yep and i'm like why are there protected categories like that how come anyone can bash stereotype joke whatever about this group and not another and it's almost so. always the exact inverse like you can't make fun of like you literally had to get a bell so that you could you can't even say the word you can't even say the that, word and there's a and, ginger genocide in media all the ginger characters from film comic books or whatever are being replaced oh my god the i bet you're mermaid. stoked about that there's disgusting mutants get them well, off i the agree screen. with this but i'm just saying there is a ginger <laughs> genocide it's about time but for real, like all the redheads are being replaced by other people. That's so funny. And but the reason is, there's so many redheads in comics is they only had 16 colors at the start for newspaper comics. So uh, it was a way of distinguishing this one doesn't look just like that one. Their hair's red, you know. So that's why a lot of them have that. Yep. Well, yeah, that's just our last comment. I just like the, it's the complete inverse. Like the groups who have the most institutional privilege are considered the most. Oh, you can't make fun of them. That's that's off limits. That's taboo. That's hateful. It's like, well, how can you not point this? You out? know, if you live in communist China, you can't criticize the, the Communist yeah. Party. Right. And if you live in North Korea, you can't criticize the Kim family. Right. And, you know, and if you live in the U.S., to learn who rules over you, just see who you're not allowed to criticize. And if you are going to criticize well, that, him, buy Kevin a bell. Strong, you can criticize Biden. Oh, you yeah. You can criticize Trump. But there is a group that you're not allowed to say a word about. And, you know, look, I'm I'm fine with being like, obviously, people shouldn't be anti-Semitic. But course. that's not what this is. You're not allowed to criticize Israeli policy, politicians or Zionists at all. Right. Or you'll get this canard of anti-Semitism, which is about as stupid as saying if you criticize Obama, you hate black half black people. <laughs> or if you have a Confederate flag that you hate black people. And that's a much steeper ask of the black public. People but it's also true. Flags. Oh, so yeah. that was my point, too. In the night up until the 90s, well, all through my childhood, there was Dukes of Hazard, you know, the free birds and WCW like there was all over pop culture including Martin Luther King stuff, which is before my time, but they'd always used that. It was just a symbol of the South. It was like, I'm a Southerner. And cause they all had to go blacks and whites. Everybody went through reconstruction together. Right. And it's after high schools and stuff are called the rebels. They have rebel flags and, you know, 
Do you ever hear about Andre 3000 from Outcast? So apparently, and I can't, I can't verify this, but on the first iteration of the first Outcast album, Andre 3000 is wearing a huge rebel flag belt buckle. And the interviewer asked him, Andre, why are you wearing that symbol on your belt? And he goes, because I'm from the South and I want to rebel. Yeah. Badass. It, it's, <laughs> it was always called the rebel flag. Yes. It wasn't the Confederate flag. The Confederate flag would be the, the actual Confederate flag. That's the battle flag. No one knows that flag, the, by the way. Well, it's the Texas flag. I mean, that's you know, without the star. Yeah. Like, like what's the North Carolina flag, too. Yeah. It's it's still there. They didn't notice that one. That those are the ones that can still fly, but the battle flag's been removed from Mississippi and so on. That's yeah. because it's all about Hollywood. But yeah, I mean, it was there from Leonard Skinner to Kid Rock. I mean, in the early 2000s, Kid Rock, who's from the north, by the way, the yep. giant Confederate flag and giant battle flag. Yep. Um I got a Kanye jacket with the with the Confederate Kanye, flag on yeah, it. Yeah, because it was not, it wasn't no one. It's like, that's not racist. It's so stupid to say that. That's like saying a cross is racist because the clan has the a clan cross. burns them. Yep. It's like, yeah, well, the cross is older than them, you know? Yeah. Uh, that The peak of the clan, too, was the membership and leadership. Everything was in the north. It was Illinois and Indiana that were right. the bulk of the KKK. And that's what the original, original KKK didn't have the goofy uniforms and stuff and was a paramilitary group rebelling against. Uh, the North confiscating private property after the war. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's funny you say that Ryan. Um, I am, well, uh, not to dox myself too much. I mean, I kind of choked it up now. to this interview. <laughs> I will people, they will get me eventually, but I'm going to try to put it off so I can make a little bit more money. Anyways, I'm, I'm from New Jersey. Okay. And I, I do keep my Yankee last in state in the union to end slavery. Yeah. I, I, and I listen to your stuff about Yankeeisms, like how people always exaggerate. I'm like, fuck, I always do that. I gotta, I gotta stop that. Like I have to, you know, really think about it's, it and be honest well, with myself. But anyways, yeah. my point in, in about New York, New Jersey are like that. I wouldn't yeah. play, put that on New Hampshire or something, but like, especially New Yorkers, everything's the most or the least. Yep. The best or the worst. Yep. It's like Trump, the way he talks. Oh, I'm, I'm the best at this. And the, it was yeah. huge. He's such a Jersey Nothing's okay. bag, yeah. man. Oh, God. He's an Atlantic City type of. And right. He built it. Yeah. And speaking of Atlantic City, and this is what I was getting at, the only time I have ever seen a, uh, like a jet, a real Nazi, like an actual for real swastika, at, you know, the whole nine yards was in a town called White House, New Jersey. Um, yeah, <laughs> John McCain. Um, but uh, I was in White House, New Jersey. I will I, never I, forgive Vietnam for <laughs> releasing him five times. Oh, they, 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 come on, you're too soft. You had him. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just to your point, the only time I ever seen, I mean, there was a house decked out in not, like actual Nazi regalia and stuff. I had to deliver medicine to the house because I was delivering medicine during the pandemic. And uh, I saw it, I was like, wow. And I was listening to your stuff all the time. And I was like, oh yeah, all this racism stuff is, I'm like, oh no, that's an actual, it's a real one. Like for all the you know which talk state about racism, has the highest like, number whoa. of neo-Nazi skinheads? New Jersey, maybe. Yep, New Jersey. Yeah, Atlantic it City, the Atlantic City skinheads. There, and and that's the, the place I'm describing is in the boonies, man. Like it's the Pine Barrens. That is a desolate part of the state. Um, and it is 
I was shocked. Like, because the thing is, everyone, everything's a Nazi now. Everything's Hitler. And for the first time ever, I had actually, I was like, wow, I saw one for real in real life. No way. Like in 20, yeah. at the time, 24 years of existence. And it took me that long to see one. And yet you're told they're everywhere. But well, and it's in New Jersey, not special, Alabama. You know, like Bill Riccio and stuff. It went around. It was on like every day. And they'd have these neo-Nazis. There aren't but a few dozen. And there might be a Confederate flag somewhere. And, of course, the Klan has those yep. playing dress-up, whatever, because their origins with forests and stuff. And, like, these two things have nothing to do with each other. And it's like, how, oh, and there's probably a stolen deer crossing sign, too, yep. you know, because that's what Southerners did. <laughs> but to be a national socialist of a foreign state in Germany really has nothing to do with the history of the civil war or any of that stuff. Right. But Hollywood made it so that the rebel flag just became an emblem of racism through the, you know, just the magic of TV and movies they when wanted- it never had been through for over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that way. And it all flipped yep. around 1990. Yep. And you've, and you've said this before, this, Ryan kept saying it over and over. I'm like, it's in state flags. Do you think mm-hmm. Mississippi, the whole thing is like a Nazis? Like, come on. That's ridiculous. Mississippi's mostly black people. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're black Nazis. Whatever. Yeah, of course like they, they are. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. such a stupid thing. Like, you really think everyone is that racist? Right. Do, do you know how many people have Confederate battle flags? Like, that's just, just a normal Southern thing. Yep. It's um like they don't tread on me. That's the it's next just, one. They want to go after the go symbols after of rebellion. Team. And then you've said that. I'm not trying to steal your, your thunder there, man, but I've heard you say that before. It's like they just want to get rid of anything that represents resistance. First, it's the battle flag. And self-sufficiency. Then, then it, yes, and self-sufficiency. Yeah. Then it's Gadsden. And now it's going to be the Palestinian flag. And it's honestly, at this point, it's the American flag. Like, really? The, the, I have a Palestinian flag right there. So um I- yeah, it's uh, it's from Palestine. I got it from the West wow. Bank. Beautiful. But that's also becoming a stick it to the man type of symbol. It's not just about Palestine. It's sort of a fuck you, Washington. You know, it's um because they're so pro-Israel. All these stupid wars in the Middle East, trillions of dollars being spent, murdering hundreds of thousands of Iraqis and aiding Al Qaeda in Syria. Like all this is for Israel. All of it. Yep. And all and of it got because that of way because of foreign aid and an unregistered lobby. Yes. And the only way you can have a foreign aid and an unregistered lobby is if you combine business and state, which started with the original Abraham. Uh, you wipe me, out free speech. The original neocon Abraham Lincoln. Yep. And you wipe out free speech. It was speech. not the Federal Reserve that created the nope. income tax. It was Lincoln. Yep. And, and the stinking first, Lincoln. Yeah, stinking Lincoln. All right, Ryan. Again, uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. I, I really appreciate you and your time. Please check out Ryan's work. Everyone watching this, please go to ANC, fund the Empire and Mass. I can't wait to see that. By the way, when is that coming that, out? That has asking? been funded, but you can give to it anyway Woo. and make it better. I got the minimal what I thought I could make it for. So you can keep donating. We're not yeah, gonna go ahead. Why not? You know, because look, when you, it's hard to know what a film costs. Uh-huh. You ask anybody that makes a movie, it ends up, well, here's the initial, and then they spend way more than that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, AI and all this stuff, keep it's sort of like being invented every month. Things we could use. Oh, that would be. 
So I don't know. We it, it would be better to have a little bit more of a cushion. Yeah. Because I don't want to do this again, again. You know, yep. I want this is it. So yeah, donate to that. And I've done the research. I already made a film. I've done the I can do the narration, all that. But this is I'm just paying other people to get sharp images of the documents and highlight them and good crisp visuals throughout the whole thing. Kind of like we did for New Mech. Yeah. If you've New Mech's like movie quality. Like that's like cinema quality. New Mech could be no. in theaters. And that's what we want to do with Empire. But it's a you know, it was a five hour documentary. Yeah, dude. That took me like three days. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's gonna be about three and a half hours. We're gonna condense it. And then it's like, look, it's still worth seeing the old one because if you're a real nerd and you really want to get into the Safari Club and blah, 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 it'll yeah. be there. But like if you if you just want to 9-11 in Iraq, we'll have it. Uh I don't know how much we're gonna tackle with Iran Contra and Afghanistan and Syria and everything. I kind of want to do it all. Um we'll see. It's gonna be a 17 hour movie. <laughs> but no, that's I have a, a 16 hour movie on yeah. World War Two. Is it the uh, the rodent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ryan. Okay, I'm I'm so sorry. I know you got to go, but I just have one last question. No, I'm that, no. <laughs> that that rodent film. Okay, that that shall not the be nature named documentary. The, the yeah. nature documentary is that a three parter? It's sixteen parts. It's just three that are, <laughs> are easy to find. Are you um, not in the inner circle? Uh, oh. I think so. On what tw- is that Telegram? Cause I, my co-host who usually does the show with me, Sonny, I sent him that and he was like mind blown. Like, dude, that you want to talk about getting red. Well, Good Lord. The, it's the final red pill. And if you like, that is the like, okay, sit down. Cause this is gonna, this is gonna mess with your whole life, but it is, it really does you have to see the rest of it. Oh boy. I dude, I you got you just gave me homework. I got nothing to. I'm off work tomorrow. That is if okay. So that's in the Telegram chat. Here, hit me up off of recording. I'll explain it to you. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Okay. There's right, nothing well, wrong with it. It's just it's just stupid. Like you're not, you know. You, there's things you, like you can barely talk about Lincoln. Yeah, you get in a lot of trouble criticizing Israelis that's, killing babies. That's one level before. Um, the Civil War is like level seven, and then this the rodent is uh well, Bowser's Castle. Yeah, I mean Bowser's I Castle. Think, excuse me. I think defending Gaza is like a level ten also because yeah, you can lose your job, you can get debanked, you can get deplatformed. Why I'm wearing you can sunglasses be for saying stop bombing apartments. Yeah, you, you stop bombing apartments full of people is a controversial statement. Geo hater. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's yeah, it's unbelievable. I think it, it, this is the worst thing for Jews. Like Israel's it on is. a self-destruction path, and anti-Semitism is on the rise. Like that's the whole thing is they they kvetch about it, but it's actually that's true. The thing. Racism like, begets racism. Yeah, and so how how could it not? Unfortunately, and I'm not saying for people like ourselves who understand this and are thinking people. I'm saying for just for the average person, it's like if you just find be out realistic, one day, you know, if you're gonna do stuff just, under this uh, under the banner of the Jewish state and as a you know acting like this is what Jews want to do, then you're you're gonna get collective backlash, right? And with that, I'm going to end the recording. Thank you again, Ryan. Uh, Let's stick around a little bit for this Telegram thing. I do want to find out about this. Thank you, everyone.